We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. All right, let's get to the story of the year. I'm going to go through the nominees one more time for you, Left, all right? Story of the year, the Andy Luckwig debacle, the Jack Swarbrick letter, Sam Hartman's failed experiment, and Chancey Stuckey's fire. Chancey Stuckey's fire. Thoughts on the nominees, left? I think the easiest one is Chancey's being fired. And I think because there's so much not told about it. And the questions about how do you not progress? Like, what was the issue? What's holding it back? And the suddenness and then the also the fallout from it. A lot of guys leaving. The, the room can seem to be emptied out in a way. It's a really refreshing thing for a unit that had a lot of underwhelming performances that if contributed at an even average level, we ain't even talking Charlie Jones level, an average level. Mm-hmm. This offense at averaging what it averaged could have even been crazier with a threat from the outside at the receiver position. So that was the probably the most frustrating thing all season. And then for it to be so sudden and, and not a lot told about it, I think just adds to the, the mystery and the excitement as well about as to why it was the best story of the year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I think the Andy Ludwig story eventually, in my opinion, led to the way the Mike Denbrock situation was handled because it put Marcus Freeman in a difficult situation where he had to step out there, clean things up, and kind of take all the heat for the situation. Other people that were involved and directly connected to the reasons why things didn't get handled correctly, got off scot-free. And for that, Coach Freeman got in a situation with Pete Bobacco coming in the door where he was able to get the administration to kind of acquiesce to what he wanted and make things happen for Mike Denbrock to get him into the fold. The Jack Swarbrick letter, which you hear left referred to constantly, right? Stewardship. Good stewards. And you've heard multiple former players come on the podcast this year and talk about their disappointment with the administration in certain areas and, and wanting to hold back the football program to make sure that it is looked at as equal or less than the actual university. And then you have the failed Sam Hartman experiment, right? Which is left, I'm going to be honest. That's why I laugh at people because people think we just see this is why we have conversations before our shows and talk about, yo, let's make this make sense. Let's make sure we can have facts. We don't want to talk from feelings. You know, make sure you talk from your expertise left when you break it down. So when people try to accuse us of having uh, takes, I laugh. Right. Because whatever we say is well thought out. Is discussed prior to shows and things that we feel like aren't even worth being discussed, we allow to fall to the floor when it comes to the content. So I know Malik was very, once again, when the majority of the fan base was head over heels with pom-poms for Sam Hartman, Malik said, we need to be cautious. 
This dude is not a dude. He has to come in and he's going to get more from Notre Dame than Notre Dame gets from him. And now we sit here January 1st, 2024 with that exact thing manifesting itself. And you were very clear in your reasons why you felt that way. As a court, as a former quarterback, as an offensive coordinator, and just looking at his film. So now when you say the same thing about Riley Leonard and you point out the fact that in the passing game, from what you see on film, the question is whether or not he is consistent enough in big games, not against Northern Northern Illinois next year. And never being in this environment. Not against Navy, not against Army. Is he consistent enough in big games with ball placement and completion percentage? Not running the ball, but in those areas to elevate Notre Dame, which is what's needed. Once again, you're giving things from your expertise. People called you a hater for what you said about Sam Hartman. Right. They're going to call you a hater for what you're saying about Riley Leonard. But once again, we sit here and we and say. And it's not Riley Leonard being doomed. We keep saying Riley Leonard is going to be good through the regular season. Just don't be hitting my DMs talking about, oh, we told you about Riley Leonard when we're beating this weak schedule. (laughs) I said Riley Leonard isn't going to be judged until these playoff games come because if I'm Marcus Freeman, that's essentially why I'm getting a transfer guy. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no way Marcus Freeman looks at this schedule of 24 and looks in that quarterback room and thinks, oh, we can't we can't do this. Because that's, that's an indictment why, on his recruitment. <laughs> that's why, that's why uh and Johnny S, we're not beating a dead horse. We're using this to explain why the Hartman experience is a really big story. Calm down. The Hartman experience is a big story is because it will linger over Riley Leonard. Like, it will literally go, the failed experience of Sam Hartman is literally going to go two full seasons at Notre Dame. Two full seasons, which I pointed out last week. It's kind of unfair. You don't think it's unfair because you you say Riley Leonard is getting a hell of a lot from Notre Dame and will get a lot from Notre Dame. It's some crazy expectations for a one-year transfer quarterback it's a story lingering over him that has nothing to do with him. This is how big this failed experiment of Sam Hartman, who came in with all the accolades, all the love, and just didn't get the job done. That's for whatever reason, man. You can blame Jared Parker, right, who is an extension of the Andy Ludwig debacle, right? There's so many things in these four stories that like continue the dominoes to another impactful place, right? We can talk about Chancey Stuckey impacting Sam Hartman's story. Like those two stories are intertwined, right? What went on in the wide receiver room, how that impacted Sam Hartman on the field. It's a lot of different things, man. That's why these four stories stuck out, man, because they are so impactful. The Sam Hartman thing is going to be, like you said, over Riley Leonard. Nope, dude. Nobody cares what Riley Leonard does. If Riley Leonard 
loses two games, it's, it should be a problem next year. If Riley Leonard loses two games as a starting quarterback in Notre Dame, it should be a problem next year. Heck, it should be a problem for Marcus Freeman. We, we, I didn't start talking about Marcus Freeman. With two losses, they still should be able to get in the back end of the college football playoff. They should. They should. They should. Right? Especially if one of those losses is really early. Like if they lose at Texas A&M early and then they get stronger, and they're really strong in November, and they beat Florida State, beat USC to end the season, I think Notre Dame gets in, even with a loss early in the season. But that Sam Hartman failed experiment is going to linger. It's going to linger for a long time. Is it unfair to Riley Leonard? Because it has nothing to do with him. But, I mean, once again, and then you're coming, this is the thing left, Steve Angeli made it an even bigger story with his performance in the Sun Bowl. He did, regardless of what you feel about Steve Angeli, whether he's a starter or he's a good backup, whatever you feel. Steve Angeli showed that quarterbacks at Notre Dame can be coached and developed. That's what he showed, because he was not that good in the spring, and the quarterback you saw in the Sun Bowl is a far departure from the quarterback he was in the spring. That was echoed by his teammates leading up to the game, and it played out. It played out in his performance. And if he doesn't miss a couple of throws, he could have had five touchdowns very easily in that sunk bowl. It's, it's, like the chili, it's like the chili competition. Mm-hmm. We've been making homemade chili every time. But every year for the competition, we go and buy Wendy's chili. We mm-hmm. keep buying the Wendy's chili, keep coming in third place because we know the Wendy's chili is going to get us in the final final cut. But at the end of the day, every time we've been perfecting that homemade chili, and now you're in the position of, okay, when you going to unveil it? When you going to unveil the homemade chili? Because it's better than Wendy's chili. You've been working on it for a long time. Now you're mm-hmm. in a dilemma. Which way do you go? And James, you know, this is a good point. I was thinking about saving it for GTV, but I can bring it up now. Uh, James Patricia, uh, one thing people get totally wrong, and you can get at this left, running quarterback efficient passing is lower because of how many times they get hit. Well, James, I would just like to submit to you the 2023 Heisman Award winner who ran a hell of a lot and got hit a hell of a lot and completed a high percentage of passes. So we were talking about old school Tony Rice option quarterbacks. Okay. I can ride with that. But Mark, dude, this goes back to Miss Bolanos who made the ignorant statement talking about she likes her quarterback's quarterback. That doesn't even exist anymore. It doesn't, it's not even about race. JJ McCarthy is not quarterback. Joe Burrow is not quarterback. He's an athletic, mobile quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is not quarterback. Justin Fields is not quarterback. Jalen Hurts is not. Dak Prescott is not quarterback. The modern quarterback, the days of a, a league full of Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's is over. That time is gone. 
It's gone. It just is. Now it comes down to why we feel really good about Mike Denbrock with Riley Leonard or feel much better with Riley Leonard coming to Notre Dame. Now that Mike Denbrock's here, other than the previous offensive coordinator, we both feel much better because even if you have a running quarterback, you have to know how to use him to make everything else in the offense better. You watch this offense with Nussmeyer today, and you see why Jaden Daniels meant so much. You see why he went, meant so much. I keep telling you, the quarterback in this Notre Dame offense of Denbrock and Kelly, the quarterback got to do the damn thing and be, the, and be the catalyst. So if you're not Heisman worthy, you it'll depend on your shoulders. And is Riley Leonard a better – individual standalone talent than Jaden Daniels is he equal to is he less than that's a good determinant factor of how it works in Jim Brock's offense mm. um see this is and you know we can discuss this because we can discuss it very intelligently uh Margaret Glasses Indy bringing in a player, a player in the narrative is we don't need him. Maybe we don't, but who's to say I'd rather roll with who we already got, but I'm going to give it a chance. So you're missing the point. You're missing the point. And you're missing the point because you're stuck on Riley Leonard. See, that's the problem. When people get stuck, you can't be so stuck on a player that you miss other good points that you might not agree with. And the point is Notre Dame has proven. They can win 10 games with guys like Drew Pine and lesser quarterbacks. We don't need Riley Leonard to come here and win 10 games and lose two games. Notre Dame can figure out a way to do that with lesser quarterbacks. Notre Dame can do that with Steve Angeli next year. Hey, I believe they can do it with Kenny Minchie or even C.J. Carr next year. So, no, we don't need Riley Leonard to continue to be the Notre Dame that they've been. They don't need Riley Leonard to do that. We can be 10 and 2 without Riley Leonard. Yes. The problem is Riley Leonard either has to get to the playoffs and get to a semifinal or get to a final or win a championship. Or he failed. Or yeah, it's or a he failure. failed. It's a failure. <laughs> what are we talking yeah, about? We can we can win 10 games without Riley Leonard. So we don't need him to do that. We can get in the back end of the college football playoff without Riley Leonard. Facts. Riley Leonard has to win big for his experiment to be deemed successful. I don't Facts. care what stats he puts up. He has to win. Nobody's sitting here saying he's not an upgrade. I just said, once again, people are stuck. He can be an upgrade all he wants to. If he does not win, he failed at Notre Dame. Just accept it. He's not being brought, being brought here to win 10 games and lose two games. That's not what he – the same thing we said about Sam Hartman. Remember we got pushback? And we're like, dude, Sam Hartman, you're being brought here for three games. You got a three-game season, period. Ohio State, Clemson. And USC. He went one and two in those three games. It's a failure. 
Riley Leonard, you're being brought here for the playoffs, my man. That soft schedule, Notre Dame can win and make it to the playoff with that soft schedule next year with the quarterbacks they have. So you're, you're being brought here because Marcus Freeman thinks, and you can listen to what he said in the post. Here we go. Don't believe me. Don't believe me. We will hear from Marcus Freeman. You can hear from Marcus Freeman himself. Believe the black you know, man. Yeah, dude. You don't <laughs> you don't have to believe dude. You call us haters. We try to talk with as much sense and as much authenticity as anybody else. Because we're not homers. We love Notre Dame, but we don't do the pom-pom, dude. We gotta be real with all aspects of what's coming in. All aspects of what's coming in. I think this is the clip, love. I hope it's the clip. Man, with the opportunity to coach you guys, the opportunity, man, to, to just be around you every day, right? It's an absolute privilege. And it attracts the best in the country, man, right? Because of you, all right? You guys put the work in, right? It's not, it's, no, it's you guys, right? The coaching staff, you, but you guys did it, right? You grasped it. That opportunity now, we're going to use this as we get the next year. Okay. Right? Continue to always choose Notre Dame and each other first. If you do that, man, we can't achieve this. We can't even imagine it, right? But we're just getting started, man. We're going to build off this thing. Marcus Freeman expects to make a way in college football next year. He went out and got Riley Leonard because he wanted to secure making a way. That's not making the playoffs, man, in a 12-team setup. He has enough in the building to do that. He knows that. But that's not his expectation just to make a 12-team playoff. His expectation, as he told the team after the Sun Bowl victory, look, you have no idea what we can accomplish next year. He's talking about going after a championship, period. And everybody's stuck like we're sitting here saying, yo, Steve Angeli is just as good as Riley Leonard. Nobody's saying that. Steve Angeli's not a first-round talent quarterback. We know that. We're speaking from the whole. Notre Dame can win with Steve Angeli and get to the playoffs, dude. Period. And if Riley Leonard does not win, it's another one-year failed experiment, and you have pushed the development of the guys in the building back another year for a failed experiment. That's the chance that Marcus Freeman is taking. That's the pressure that's on Riley Leonard. That's why this Sam Hartman story is a massive story, yo. Because this is the crap, unfortunate, un unfair, this is the crap that Riley Leonard shouldn't have to deal with. But unfortunately, I guarantee somebody's going to ask him about it in the spring. I get left, I guarantee it. I think it, it would be a poor question. To ask Riley Leonard, because it has nothing to do with him, but you can guarantee somebody is going to say, well, man, with what happened with Sam Hartman last year, you know, what are your thoughts about coming in as the next transfer quarterback? Somebody's going to ask him, left, and he shouldn't have to answer that. He should not have to answer that question. But that's exactly what makes this Sam Hartman story so huge. That's right. That's right. And so it's going to come down to where is the end of the road for this going to be? 
What's yes. the game plan for it? Yes. Are we going to continue to go back and forth with trying to outdo the last transfer? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to be real about what college football is changing to and realizing that you can only win from within? Especially at that quarterback position, you're going to need a guy that knows the in and outs of your program to navigate the mm-hmm. journey of a playoff system. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't, this is not, and we're not the Kentucky Wildcats. Well, you're well, talking we about the, uh, the Stoops Wildcats or the Calipari Wildcats? The Calipari like Wildcats. Okay. Okay. I like the Calipari Wildcats. Because we're not about to get a bunch of flashy top players young and not win anything. We need to be a good team with some wily bets. Some of them Gonzaga-type players who may not be the number one pick of the draft, but the quarterback is a stable figure. Been there for four or five years. You can guarantee some wins with him. Mm-hmm. A guy that is, that's a, that's a guy that can navigate through the ups and downs of a tournament like this playoffs. You go on in there with a fresh new booty face. Hmm. You don't really know this guy. You just been dating this girl for about two weeks. Now you're gonna take it to Thanksgiving. You don't know how she's gonna act. You don't know what she's gonna say to your parents. You met her for two weeks. Mm. She look good, sound good, but you don't know what what the environment is gonna cause her to react like. Mm. As opposed to a high school sweetheart, has always been friends of the family. You know, your family always pushing for you to date her, but you tell her she's just a friend, but she really right. good for you. But you keep playing her because the the fly girl at school like you. Like how you walk, you know what I'm saying? And the whole time, it's like it's the classic movie. Yeah. And then in the end, he realized the girl that just was chasing him just liked him because he was on the football team or something. Then he got hurt. Then old shorty, good old shorty just came around. So that's exactly what this is going through, you know. So I think for us, it's not that Riley is – it's just the expectation of what the position Riley's coming into. And it's the expectation as a fan base that we should hold our team to. No, I don't – Left, I don't have any problem. I, I, we, me, You and I disagree because I think given a one-year transfer, which is the situation that's going to exist in Notre Dame because of the limitations in the transfer portal. That's a tough. People don't understand what it is to wear that crown as quarterback in Notre Dame, bro. They just don't. They don't. We just watched a five-year quarterback wilt right before our very eyes. Wilt under the pressure of being the Notre Dame quarterback. It's not a joke. We just seen it. This is not something we speak lightly of. Like, my co-host can tell you what it feels like. Like, it's real. So just to think 
that you're going to get the same thing from the kid when he was at Duke. And it's just going to automatically transfer over to Notre Dame. And people are like, no, uh, I think some people in the chat said, you don't know if Angeli can get Notre Dame to the playoffs. But you know Leonard can. Based upon what? Because you felt the same way about Sam Hartman when he announced. And the thing he's, too is he's that better than Steve Angeli. He's going to get us to the playoffs. And Notre Dame is sitting with a win and, and think a about, but, but they're not considering the fact that this is – you get one time to do it. One time. One, you got to be perfect. One time. That's all. And that's, that's, that's like you going into your job and they say, hey, you got to be perfect. You got to know exactly what you was doing. Get us to where you put your last company that you've been working at for five, six years, and you can't mess up. Any mess up, you, you fail. Let me ask you a question, Left. You're the quarterback. Who looked better? I know it's like maybe apples or oranges, but who looked better and more comfortable running the Notre Dame offense this year? Steve Angeli or Sam Hart? Easily. And you see it in the big moments. You see it when it comes to clutch and things getting a little hectic and Sam is looking flustered. That's comfortability. I don't think Steve, and what's the biggest report on Steve from the game is that he just looked like he was meant to do it. Like he was comfortable out there. Nothing really swayed him. So Dude, it, that provides all talent. It's crazy. And this is, see, this is, now I understand, left. I say this all the time. It's amazing in this country how many people are, are scared of difficult conversations because everybody wants to defend their side. Everybody wants to defend their side. So when you have full scope conversations from both sides and nuances, people don't want to have those conversations So because they're stuck on the fact of this is what I believe. That's one of the biggest problems in this country, bro. No one wants to sit down, hear another side, hear the nuances, and actually say, oh, okay. Right? I'll give you a perfect example, and then we're going to get back to the winner. That's why we say this, because we knew this discussion was going to be, going to be an entire segment, entire half of a show. I sit and I talk about all of the unsavory things that are done in the inner city of Chicago, from education to brutality and other things when it comes to young people that might be impoverished or in difficult situations, right? And I have that conversation. And then people will counter with, well, what you gonna do about the violence? What you gonna do about the black on black crime in Chicago? And you know what I tell them? I don't know. I pray for that every day as well. I deal with that every day as well. I go into the community and try to make an impact every day as well. I'm trying to stop them from carrying guns. We have turning gun events at our ministry every year. So I don't know, I'm trying to make an impact because I recognize that's an issue but I'm trying to do something about it. So I can have a full scope conversation about all the issues. 
right? But when you want to ignore the other issues by bringing up the black on black crime issue, that lets me know that you don't want to have a real conversation because you're stuck. And immediately when we try to have a full scope conversation about the quarterback situation in Notre Dame and people just want to say, oh, well, this guy's better. Okay, you don't want to have a real conversation. You don't want to have a real conversation because no one has ever argued that he wasn't better. Everybody felt like Sam Hartman was better. That was That's the feeling. time to believe. Sam Hartman was better. That's the right? time to believe. Now people are saying, well, Riley Leonard's better than Sam Hartman based upon what? What? Because if you look at the production, Sam Hartman is a better quarterback than Riley Leonard. So based upon what? You can have a conversation, a real conversation, and have facts that support this side, facts that support this side, and then have How is facts. Riley Leonard better for Notre Dame than Steve you can have luck, you can have facts that are in the middle and in the gray, and we have to wait and see. That's it. We don't know what Kenny mentioned Steve Angeli can do. We have to wait and see when they have the opportunity. We don't know what Riley Leonard can do at Notre Dame. As much Lisa. as everybody's like, oh, he's talented, he's this. You don't know what he's going to do. We keep telling you that Notre Dame. It's totally different playing quarterback than do. Totally different. It's totally different than playing quarterback in 90% of the pl places in FBS. You have former players. Reggie Brooks came on this show three weeks ago and talked about it. Period. Riley Leonard is not a guarantee. So stop acting like he's going to guarantee and just enjoy a full-fledged conversation. No one has to be viewed as a hater. We're not calling you all haters of Steve and Jelly because you don't believe in him. So stop calling us haters of Riley Leonard because we choose to have an authentic conversation about the full scope of the situation. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea. Your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football.
Keep it twisted. And this is why, man, I just talked, I think I just talked myself into Sam Hartman being the biggest story in this segment. It is. Because I chose, I chose, I, I, I just keep told telling me, you. I'm going to have to change the envelope, left. I'm going to have to change the envelope because I'm going to be honest. I was going with Chancey Stuffy. I was going with Chancey Stuffy. Sam Hartman is going to be a ghost for Riley Leonard. And it's unfair, bro. I don't know how many times I have to say this. It's unfair. It's unfair to him. He already is in a situation where he has to come in and win or he fails. And we're not talking about winning in the regular season. He has to win in the big games in the regular season, and he has to win in the playoffs. Period. The point of somebody the in the chat, somebody in the chat said, Well, we just have to get to the playoffs. No, no the game no, got no, to the no. playoffs with Ian Book. They got to the national championship game with a true freshman and Everett Golson. What are we talking about? We've been there, done that. We are beyond Notre Dame getting to the playoffs, left. Riley Leonard has the task of winning and establishing winning at a new level at Notre Dame. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, as a first-year starter via the transfer portal, if he was here for two years, it'd be totally different. We're having a totally different conversation. Totally different conversation. Totally different conversation. If he was here for two years, we I would feel good about having a nice competition going into next year. We figure out who's going to be the franchise guy the next two. And we probably will tell on. Steve Angeli to go ahead and transfer right now. Go ahead, transfer. If, if Robin you know, Leonard was there for two years, we'd be like, Steve, hey, man, we appreciate the Sun Bowl. Man, I would take him at Illinois. Left yeah. in, a, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I would take Steve Angeli as the quarterback for the Illinois Fighting Illini in a heartbeat. Left. A heartbeat. Yeah. Riley Leonard's in a win-win situation. Because no gets, matter what you say, yeah, go ahead, love. I'm sorry. Because he's gonna win more than he ever has by mm-hmm. being on the team. Yes. That's the first win. The second win is individually. He's on the best team he's ever been on, on the biggest spotlight with the easiest schedule. Mm-hmm. So him winning through the regular season is another win. Yes. Him winning or losing playoff games is inconsequential at that point for him as a one-year transfer individually. He can go 10-2, and two, get to the playoffs, and be like, you know what, guys? I don't care. <laughs> that easy. Play bad, whatever, move on. It would only be a loss for us. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying when we make these transfers, make it a 50-50 at least or 51-49. Like we don't have to lose the 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 leverage. We're losing leverage with a Riley Leonard. You have leverage with a Steve Angeli. Because you play a Steve Angeli through the year, you show development. You preach about his development the whole year. Man, he's looked so be- so much better. Beat writer Sean Davis said he looked trash in the spring. Mm-hmm. Skipping rocks. Now he's 
15 and 19, 232, three touchdowns. He's going crazy. That's great development by Gino Gadulli and Marcus Freeman. A nobody on the roster. Transfer after transfer after transfer. He stuck through it, and now he's a developed quarterback. Anybody that wants to come to Notre Dame, you can develop and be QBU. I even heard they got a Kenny Minchie or something that was good. Mm-hmm. And I believe it because Steve is doing good. See, that's leverage. That looks good for Marcus Freeman that wants to be at Notre Dame for 10 years. You selling yourself short, selling out, getting these projects that you read on the internet that's supposed to elevate your team by stepping on campus. That's not even how football works. Mm. <laughs> so now you telling everybody, look, we got the answer with this kid. He's a ringer. He's going to take us to the promised land. We don't need development. We can just get talent in because it's Notre Dame, and we can win now because we, we I guess we on the, we under the clock. We under the gun. We got to – we selling out. That's all. I don't I – don't, I, I'll stop short of selling out. I don't think they're selling out. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what it is. In my opinion, Marcus Freeman feels like he has a championship team at 24. That's the way he feels. Offensively, left he'll have a young offensive line, young running backs that will be starting for the first time, both his top two guys, and. Before the transfers at the wide receiver position, he was going to have a very young wide receiver core from production. Standpoint. AKA 2016, Deshaun and Malik Zaire. And I understand. You playing the young project with a lot of hope. Leading the young O-line, leading the young receiver core. Just came off a very veteran team. But had maybe that's why maybe, maybe he feels like he's choosing leadership and veteran play at the quarterback position to allow the youth around him to catch up. That's okay? the, that's the once, idea. Left, yeah, left, that's the left, idea. Once that's again, idea. once again, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to put on a one year transfer. That's you do. You're asking a lot. Young offensive line. The advantage that I will say is that the guys they got in the transfer portal from the wide receiver position make the situation a whole lot better for Riley Leonard than the situation that Sam Hartman walked into from a skill position standpoint. That's night and day. Totally different. But the chance of the last know, Sam Hartman was turning receivers into thousand yard receivers now. Yeah. So we was yeah. trying to lean on some of that little sauce. So if that, but we said that before, this is why we have full, people have listened to the full shows. I said it before. Hell, right. The, the other side, the other side of the coin is that Marcus Freeman is looking at a very experienced defense, a very experienced offense in 2024. And does he want to put, it doesn't mean, see, people are like, well, man, if he went into the portal, that means he doesn't have a capable quarterback. That's not what it means at all. It probably means he doesn't want to put an inexperienced quarterback around inexperienced talent. He would much rather have an experienced quarterback at the helm 
or it's inexperienced talent around him. If we're using He's the not, quarterback. I don't believe – I believe Marcus Freeman believes wholeheartedly in Steve Angeli, Kenny Mitchell, and C.J. Carr. He believes he can win games in Notre Dame with those quarterbacks. He's just looking, once again, the total team, the big picture. And the big picture is I believe this kid will help me win a national championship. Marcus Freeman is not saying I believe Riley Leonard is going to get us to the playoffs. Been there, done that. Marcus Freeman is saying, yo, I'm trying to win a national championship. I think right this, now. Team can be, this team can be special now. So I'm going to go get Riley Leonard because the guys I have is probably going to take two years for them to play, or it's probably going to take their second year playing for them to be ready to get us to the championship. And it's the same thing for Riley. It's just Riley just to. That's, yes, that's what the coach is thinking, dude. Right? So for everybody that's down on the quarterbacks in the room, Marcus Freeman doesn't think negatively about the quarterbacks. The court, first of all, the quarterbacks he has in the room now is totally different than Drew Pine. He knew without a shadow of a doubt that Drew Pine would do. It was a struggle. It was going to be a struggle. And a year later, Drew Pine is out of college football. Tyler Buckner is out of college football. That's a totally different quarterback room than what Marcus Freeman is looking at now. He has talent in the room, inexperienced talent. But Marcus Freeman knows darn well he has talent. Marcus Freeman just sees an opportunity to win, and he went and got a quarterback that he feels like is going to help him navigate the youth on his offense and build to a certain point that they'll be ready to win a national championship, not get to a playoff. Win a national championship. That's the goal next year. That's absolutely the goal. Chancey Stucky's fire. That's why we turned. We knew this was going to be a great conversation, man. Thanks for everybody that's chiming in in the chat. All your points, point of views, everything's fantastic. You guys are the best. Marcus Freeman sees a championship, and Chancey Stucky's firing once again intertwined with the other four, three stories. Left. I'm gonna be honest, man. This this. This was at the top for me because of the intrigue, the things that surrounded it, um, the disappointment, the transfers, the support from certain guys in the wide receiver room, everything that surrounded this firing, the way it happened immediately after the Stanford game, before practices start for the bowl game. Yo, once again, you have to. You really have to love. Uh, you have to love that Marcus Freeman was willing to make the decision that he had to make left. That's what sticks out to me. This, for me, showed that Marcus Freeman has elevated himself as the leader of this football program and the way he handled a very sensitive situation. If people really knew some of the stuff that we know, that we really can't release, it would blow their minds. And that's why I said to myself, like, yo, this story is, the story itself that's reported is big, but if you really report it, the full extent of the story, 
this would be like Watergate. It's because it, it's that bananas. It really is that bananas left. Oh man, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Uh, uh, let's see. Is this it? Let me check. Is this the right clip? That's not it. But I wanted to play that clip we had from Marcus Freeman uh, post game left. And we played it the other day. And uh, which one? When he talked about, we played it the other day when he was talking about the trust, why the receivers perform, seem to perform the way they perform in the Sun Bowl. And Marcus Freeman talked about he took digs at the former wide receiver coach and we put him on a petty train. Because he was like, they finally have somebody in the room they can trust. I saw somebody in the chat earlier ask the question, why was Stucky fired? Your head coach just told you. The wide receiver room didn't trust him. The head coach told you that. After the Sun Bowl, they finally got somebody that they can trust. Right? And Robin Dennis, see, this is another thing. Why? You know, we just don't throw. Some people think we make takes. I don't make takes. I sift through information. I look at both sides. I look at the gray areas. I look at the nuance before I say something. That's my responsibility to Notre Dame fans. Before I say what I believe, it's my job to look at both sides of the equation and the equal sign which is the gray area. That's it. And then I make my determination, what I believe and how I feel. And Robin Dennis makes a great point. You knew more about the Stucky situation than we did. That's why it's real big for you. You're darn right it's real big. It's not real big for me. Marcus Freeman showed you. In the context of this program, it was big for him. He fired the dude right after the last game. Like, it was real. He's telling you that there was a lack of trust in post-game. He's telling you. And that's just an overall statement. The nuance of why there wasn't trust is like the crust, the man, the meat of the story. That's the meat of the story. So the Stucky thing for me is huge because I knew the Stucky thing. Me personally, I knew the Stucky thing had a chance to turn out the way it turned out, which is why I said before the season in August that he was on the hot seat. And everybody was like, what do you mean? Look at his recruiting class. Look at this. Look at that. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you. Once again, Chancey Stucky's on the hot seat. Just watch and see how it plays out. Yeah, and I think if anything, we've learned that Marcus Freeman is navigating a lot more than what we give him credit for, and he's doing a really good job at it. And 
to be able to continue to get great hires and keep things under wraps and navigate how he's navigating shows that he's the right person for this job. And I think that's the best part about the program. And he's only going to continue to expand on that. So for me, the Chancey Stucky thing, the story itself, the things that really aren't reported, right? That's really the meat of the overall really wasn't good at his job. Mm, didn't have trust from inside the room. Yeah, he can recruit, but if you can recruit, I mean, even in recruiting, it was some shady stuff happening. That once again, like, you know, if we were a hot take podcast that just wanted likes and just was just looking, we would put out everything, right? Even with it probably not being favorable or being a good look for the program, we would go ahead and say, right? We don't do that. We've never done that. There's so much that we, man, leave on the floor in our pre-show conversations, our text messages, like, and even talking it over with OGs to get their point of view, like, man, what do you think about this if we, we talked about this? Because we love, ultimately, we love Notre Dame. This dude played for Notre Dame and has a degree from Notre Dame. Like, I do. And people still question your love for the program left. I, I'm confused. I Like, dude, we love Notre Dame to death. We defend Notre Dame. We stand on the hill all the time against experts, so-called experts, fan bases, and we'll continue to do so. But we create this podcast to have nuanced conversations about the best topics concerning Notre Dame, man. And everyone in the chat is dope, super dope. Number one, because majority of the time, it's a few outliers, majority of the time, everybody's respected. Nobody makes it personal. And like you said, it's conversation. And it's great conversation. Left who wins this thing, man. That's why I say this to last. I knew this was going to be, I knew this conversation with these four stories would last an entire hour. An entire hour. I knew it. Hey, we said this too, Mark, with glasses. We said this too. And, and, and we said, Mark with glass, I'm sorry, he said there's some embarrassing stuff that went on that should have never happened. It ultimately falls on Mark Extreme for not knowing what's going on, right? Um, I'll, to this, I'll say that. I think ultimately when you have situations within a program, um, when you have situations within a program, uh, you hear both sides, right? And in hearing both sides, until you have rock solid proof of certain things, it's almost like he say, she say. And you're not about to deal with a coach or a player based on he say, she say. But there are certain things that became so evident, which is why I said the situation bared watching back in August. There are things that played out that were brought to the light that were like undeniable. That's flat out undeniable, right? 
But Mark, I agree with you, man. It, and I said this when it happened. This is on Marcus Freeman, man, who builds his program. I actually like this. He gives, he empowers his coaches to coach, right? He empowers his coaches to have daily conversations with the players in their rooms about their standing within the program and the depth chart. It is a culture of truth, which in my opinion, in today's game, is fabulous. You have to be truthful with these kids. You have to. You have to be truthful with these kids. And Notre Dame is under Marcus Freeman. They are. But I said this before. My grandfather said a long time ago, son, when you put irresponsible, pe when you put irresponsible people in responsible places, you get nothing but chaos. Tommy Reese, hired Chancey Stuffy. Marcus Freeman, this is well documented. Marcus Freeman was leaning towards Jamarcus Shepard, who's a wide receiver coach for Washington, who's in the semifinals today and might be the next offensive coordinator at Washington if Ryan Grubb leaves. Tommy Reese, the assistant or the head coach of the offense, which we've never seen before. He chose. Never it's, seen it before. Never seen before. Chancey Stuckey was his guy. That, that's another whole entire piece of this Chancey Stuckey story. Left, like the whole Tommy Reese veto part and losing Jamarcus Shepard and Tommy Reese being given of being empowered the way he was by administration before Marcus Freeman was even hired. Like, man, these stories, all four of these stories, dude, have so many branches. It's, it, Notre Dame fans, if you really think about it, this has really been a crazy year, a crazy year for Notre Dame football in this program. These four stories have so much leg. They'll run for years. They'll run for years. People will be talking about these four stories for years to come. It's been a crazy year, man. It really has. Left, I'm going to let you choose this one, man. I'm out the game. I'm out the game, man. The Notre Dame story of the year. Lefty goes to. All right. I see you. The Sam Hartman failed experiment. Oh yeah, I I really think so. I think it so. just it just might be, man. I think so. And the Chancey Stucky, I'm Pete, man. The Chancey Stucky story is huge. It's very huge. It's huge. But the Sam Hartman failed experiment. Yeah, I think that's it, man. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is because it's the weight of what it means to the program at that point. Mm -hmm. It's been so long built up that we felt a quarterback away was always the solution, and we felt Sam had the, the, the resume to fill that position, and it didn't pan out how we expected it to be. Some people had expectations. Others looked for him to just be good. And, and this is not a participation award no longer because we've been good for quite some time. And I think that 
almost a reset of those expectations through these formats will allow us to be more realistic about believing in who we have in the room. Going back to trying to think that we're having to win now with doing these transfers, I think just puts us back in the old way of thinking when this is a refresh moment in our time to be able to do something where we can really make a change if we just take the right steps instead of the, the unnecessary steps. Agree wholeheartedly, man. That is our first edition of the lefties, man. Yep, thanks guys, man. The 2023 Lefty Awards are in the books. And before we go left, Washington versus Texas and Alabama versus Michigan, man. Alabama, Michigan at the Rose Bowl. Three o'clock, 3.30, I believe. Woo! How you feeling, left? What's your outtake on this one, man? I think it's going to be two two really good games. Um, the Washington-Texas game, I think, will be a little more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Michigan-Alabama is just, you know, it's one of those. Somebody's got to be the bully. Somebody's got to be, you know, the, the one taking advantage of. And I think it's going to come down to a Washington-Alabama matchup. But Steve Sarkeesian in a game like this, can't count him out. He's going to be in there to the last minute of the game, last drive of the game. So, Give it to the, the lefty, Michael Pennings. He's going to go all the way and play in that final game versus Alabama. Oh, wow. You got Huskies versus Alabama. The matchup would be incredible. And how do you see that playing out? That's that's a great game. Because I, I, I think if Texas and Alabama play, Alabama wins the rematch. But go ahead. I'm still intrigued by the Huskies versus the Crimson Tide. They've, they've earned the, the right to, to be in a battle like that. And, and you know, honestly, it's the, the magic of the black left-handed quarterback, man, making a, making a play out in a, in a national championship standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think he has enough tools to present a challenge to any defense of these two teams that he could play. And, you know, when you've got enough talent like a C.J. Stroud or and a Marvin Harrison Jr. combination, you can do a lot. And he's got two of those guys that are a pretty decent run game as well. So a lot can happen with an unlimited offense because at the end of the day, the best pass always beats the best defense. Mm. Yeah. If you watched that uh, Baltimore Ravens and Miami Dolphins game, you saw quarterback you play. From the new from the second time MVP. He's about to win MVP number two. Lamar Jackson. That's it's, right. in the, it's in the book. So you can you can take your quarterback quarterbacks and stick it. That's what you can do. Hit now left, to be honest, this might be his best chance to win a Super Bowl, too. He better, he better get Pat while he's down. He better get Patrick Mahomes while his team is down. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of, like, can you play consistent when the money's on the line, man? 
That determines the difference in my mind, a great player from an average one. Is that when that money's on the line and you got to be consistent for not just one game because you're playing three good teams in a row, you got to be able to do that. And for Lamar, I think that's just his... He's never going to be able to beat these allegations. That's just what it is. So I wouldn't think that he's chasing that necessarily, but it is an opportunity to where the road is wide enough to where your team is in the right spot to win some games and get to the final. Plus, I just my, don't think... My fault, my fault left. You said you were pulling for the Huskies to win it all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely pulling for the Huskies to win it all, but I just don't think you can discount um, just the impact of what Lamar has when you talk about quarterback you play. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that great players are going to win in moments. And, you know, I don't think Lamar is ever going to beat the allegation of him not being able to throw or him not being able to win. I just think that's just always going to exist because he's he's black and he's playing quarterback. You know, I just think they're banking on it happening at some point. So for him, I don't think he's necessarily battling that. I think he's just looking at it from the roads light enough to where he can go in there and win it. And for Michael Penix, I think he's got enough tools to go in there and beat a saving defense because that's really what it comes down to. The college football playoffs should always end in the championship with the number one defense playing the number one offense. Xavier Watts. How impactful was his return to Notre Dame? He made the decision via Instagram on Saturday night. What does this mean for Al Gold's defense, and what does it mean for Xavier Watts as you project him to the NFL? It's interesting because, you know, I would just like to know what went into him deciding that. You think he at least got like a second-round grade, right? You would think? Yeah, you know, it's just interesting, you know, for a guy in his situation, circumstance, you would think that he would be taking a chance to go to the NFL, but, you know, maybe there's something that, which I think is also could, unfortunately, some of those things that you could teeter on is having repeat success. I think to have a year like that, statistically, the way it happened, hard to repeat. Just like when Ben Morrison had like five picks in three games, like that's just not a thing that happens all the time. You know, so you got to find a way to be great in different ways. Mm-hmm. When you're, you set the expectations so high, but you was a war winner last year. So, you know, think about Jordan Addison winning Blitnikoff and then next year having a good season, but it was kind of like, you know, there's different expectations, a different way of being good, you know. Caleb Williams had to go through that, so Coming off an award year, it's just hard to say something will be greater than that unless you win a championship. But I do think in under Al Golden development, you know, year three for great players. A guy like Ben Morrison is a year to come out, and he's a third year in the defense. is just a perfect combination of experience and yeah. talent. I think Xavier is going to be able to do well off that as well. All right. We're getting ready to come to the end of the show. That's Xavier Watts' impact. Breaking news. Transfer quarterback from Arkansas, KJ Jefferson, just committed to Gus Malzon and the UCF Knights. You'll probably be calling one of his games next year left. 
Is that a big pickup for Gus Malzone in the Knights, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, any one-year guy is a good, a good start. You'll make a splash. But it's, it's a chemistry thing, you know. It's, 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 unless you're generationally talented, that's what everybody is. And generationally talented is a 1%, 2% type of deal. Guys like that don't come very often. So, you know, we're going to find out, that's for sure. But I do think they'll have some success. But what is the success that they're looking forward to? Are they saying they're going to be a playoff team and go far? Or are they just saying they're going to have a good season? All right. Left, before we get out of here, man, I want you to give me your roundup on the 2023 season and the University of Notre Dame football program moving forward. How are you feeling? Well, about the season, 2024, I think it'll be great. I think we'll get right in a comfortable position into the playoffs and you know, it's about who else is getting into the party with us. And then at that point, it's a good chance for Marcus Freeman to show his coaching acumen in year three and his development of his program in year three in the playoffs. The regular season, I think, is a great developing ground, improving ground for guys to get better and to show their talents as young guys to come together as a stronger unit by the end of the season. We don't have too many games where I think we're, we'll be – too exposed to the sense of where we would get beat to we would get beat and it just destroyed the momentum like how we did the USC. I think it'll be more of the mindset of we'll get in these positions, we'll be in good close game like situations that are winnable and it'll strengthen our team as we get ready for the playoffs to where like in November we always play stronger and I think our whole line would get at the at the right time mailed. And then the quarterback, depending on who it is, you know, will be able to continue to distribute the football to our receivers, which are going to be a good balance for a team in the playoffs to have the running game and the passing game as well as the top 10 defense. So, you know, shaping out to hopefully win two games in the playoffs. And then, you know, I don't want to speculate too far after that because I would like to see us win and see how we look going into the season. And how would you characterize the 2023 season of what we watched and experienced? I think it was it was one of those missed opportunities. You know, it was set up, everything was was just right, and then that caught the the one one or two cards out the the tower was pulled out, and the whole thing fell through, just like every other season. So. I think it's stacked in a different way this time. And the pieces we depend on making it go are going to have to be sturdy enough to hold us up to get to the top. So um, it's one of those things where we got all the pieces. We just got to keep building and not lose those foundational pieces on the way. Lucky Lucky Podcast. And once again, uh, big decisions coming up. Big kid out of Chicago making a decision at the All-American Bowl on the 6th. He's choosing between Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame, and I believe Miami, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong. Chris Burgess. Uh, watch the kids down at the uh, All-American Game Star practice tomorrow. Ryan Roberts has your coverage. 
go over to the IB message board for that. Stay tuned to LL because we'll be talking about what's going on down there all week as well. And then get locked in under Armour All-American game. Practices have been going on like crazy. Ryan Williams is a dude. Alabama has one. Caleb Downs was the one this year for them. And next year, Jalen Milrow is going to have a dude at wide receiver. Left, I'm telling you, he is a dude. Okay. He is a dude. They're going to have, they got another one. They got another one. Tommy's going to have one. He's going to have a new toy next year. So look forward to both of those all-star games and all of the Notre Dame participants in both of those games. All right. Left, man, great show, man. Great first lefty awards. We got it in the books. Next year, we might have some dancers, some other things, some performances. You never know. That's right. It only, it only gets bigger. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, audio edibles each and every day. Lucky Lefty Podcast, you already know. We, we spin, it spin it different. different. That's what we do, man. That's what we do. Left, great show as always. You know what time it is, man. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story today brought to you by Nora Whiskey, norawhiskey.com, the premium American whiskey, American whiskey at norawhiskey.com. Uh, step on down. Come on, sir. Step on down. Let me punch it. Look at your ticket. Okay. Okay. Let me punch that for you. Yeah. Brad Allen, referee from the Cowboys and Lions game. <laughs> Left, I'm not putting him on a petty train for the mistake he made. I mean... Humans make mistakes all the time, but they get numbers mixed up. They get names mixed up. But to flat out know that you nodded your head and acknowledged the offensive lineman, Taylor Decker, you acknowledged him as he walked over to you and then had the ability to watch video and hear audio before you meet with the pool reporter and lie and double down and just flat out say he never reported. That's why I have to put you on the petty train. And that's why he was downgraded as a referee and he will not participate in the playoffs. He earned that. He earned that. But don't feel bad for him at all, left. You cost the Lions the second seed. You cost them the second oh, I know seed. The Buffalo Wall Wings and that button they got up there. Oh, man. Oh, they man. Cause, they cause a havoc, man. They cause a havoc. Plus, you know, anybody that adamant over an open mistake, I think it's suspicious. So uh, he must have made, he must have peed in the wrong coffee pot. Got some of them higher ups upset. 
Daddy had to do some crazy stuff. But, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to let a ref decide the game like that. There was probably plenty of moments in the game they could have did things to score points because you didn't have to just score 22. You could have scored 50. So why didn't you score 50, you know? So one of those things that in the moment, it's easy to blame the ref. It's a good yeah. moment in sports history. But overall, the Lions should be better than 22 points. Left, what did you think about the decision even after the five-yard penalty, backing him up to the seven? Dan Campbell still going for it. Well, you know, he's an emotional guy, so. Yeah, he, he, he basically lost the game to the Bears trying to go for a fake punt. He wants it too much. That's why it's going to cost them in the playoffs. They could be out early. But a good success story that they won a division. That's really what the goal was this season. Mm-hmm. 30 years, you ain't did it. You basically won the Super Bowl. Hey, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast for everybody. You know what we forgot to do, Left? And it slipped my mind. I don't know how we didn't do this. Um, we have to do clip of the year, right? Okay. Clip of the year. And this is known as the release, the Braden Lindsay release award. Uh, well, this is the fastest I've ever felt. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm always going to feel the most confident in my speed. Um, more than anything, I, I feel um, most confident in kind of the, my release packages more so now than in the past. Um, I kind of, you know, I want press that plays to my advantage and, you know, being able to be technical at the line and then being able to use my speed. Um, it's a huge advantage to myself. It's not something that I've had in my arsenal as much in the past, whether it be my legs or my arms, whatever the issue is, or whether it be just lack of overall technique. Um, but now, so I, I feel that, you know, playing at the line of scrimmage with the DB plays to my advantage, because if I beat him at the line, I, I feel very few, if any, can run with me. They got releases left. That is... Pretty- that is last year's clip of the year. This year, I go all the way back to April the 1st. Sam Hartman, he was asked about his comfort level at Notre Dame. Taking steps in the right direction, but, you know, still learning a lot, still um, kind of trying to lose, you know, the, uh, the old stuff or, you know, forget the old reactions and kind of take in the new ones. Um, but it's been great, you know, they're... Uh, they're patient with me when I make my mistakes, and the uh, the guys up front are, you know, they, they get on me at sometimes for not saying something right or um, my verbiage is off. But uh, it's been great. It's been a great transition. Um, it's been really cool to just be a part of, and you know, there's a lot of intensity in practice, defense, and offense. And the guys up front of uh, it's just been cool to kind of get in the huddle and you know spit some words out and um, you know play some football. I think that's been the best part of it. You know, comfortability or not, it's just it's great to just. You know, have pads on and, and be out there. Left, we should have known from that clip right there. Watching that clip in hindsight, left tells me everything I need to know about yep. why this season went the way it went. Yep. That was, clip right wasn't there. A guy. Wasn't a guy. That clip right there. That clip right there. We just kind of. He just wants to be. He yeah. just wants to be part of the team, one of the guys. Just a guy, yeah. man. Yeah. He didn't want no real smoke, man. He just like, look, they 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 accepted my flaws and we they rocking with me, and we just gonna put this thing on cruise control, ride this season out just right, and we'll all be friends at the end of the day, man. That's what he told you. 
That's why I'm like, wait a minute, don't get he's not a New York type of guy. New York type of guys don't talk like that. And Riley Leonard going that first interview talking like that. I'm gonna say Steve Angeli and Kenny Minchie are the future. Man, I, I might have thought it was April Fool's Day, dude. I, I just, you know, in the moment, I was like, oh, okay. Then I, in hindsight, I'm like, what are you talking about, dog? Like you messing up the verbiage, you trying to put down the old things and get the new things. And I should have known. I should have known. Like you know what? This is this is not gonna go well, man. Hey. LL Nation, subscribe. Lucky Lefty Podcast on YouTube. The thumbs up. Smash it for us. We greatly appreciate you, man. Your comments. We respond to all of them. We got some big things coming, man. The Patreon, luckyleftypod.com. The merch. It's all Dropping nuclear bombs on Patreon. Patreon coming soon with exclusive content, new shows. It's Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. For left. SD2 mics, man. Enjoy the rest of this college football playoff New Year's. Have a fantastic 2024. Eternal favor and blessings as always. And you got to make sure that you spin it different. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.